0: Okay, hello everyone and welcome to the ACTUS podcast, Talking CDI, the nation's only program dedicated to the clinical documentation integrity profession. The ACTUS podcast is a bi program dedicated to bringing you closer to the difference makers in CDI and sharing the latest news and information relevant to the CDI profession and ACTUS. Today, Wednesday, April 27th, marks our 150th show. My name is Brian Murphy, Director of ACTIS, the Association of Clinical Documentation Integrity Specialists, and I'm your host for today's program, Measuring Quality at Brigham and Women's. Uh, today's show is sponsored by 3M Health Information Systems. You can see on your screen there. 3M Health Information Systems, now with m delivers innovative software and consulting services designed for a wide range of healthcare environments. From closing the loop between clinical care and revenue integrity, to computer-assisted coding, clinical documentation integrity, and performance monitoring, 3M can help you reduce costs and provide more informed care. So I'm joined today by my familiar co-host at left, Laurie Prescott. Laurie is of course the CDI Education Director for us here at HC Pro in Middleton, Mass. She is the lead developer and instructor for our CDI Bootcamp line. She serves as a subject matter expert for Actis, member of our ACTUS Advisory Board, as well as our uh, CCDSO Exam Certification Committee. You probably know Laurie from being a frequent speaker on the ACTUS podcast, conferences, webinars. She's also the author of our ACTUS 2020 Pocket Guide series, and glad to have her back on the show. So welcome, Laurie. Thanks, Brian. Okay. Next, I'd like to introduce our industry guest today, Uh, her first time on the podcast. We have with us Deborah Jones. Uh, Deb is the director of CDI at Brigham and Women's Hospital, which is right here in my neck of the woods. It's a large academic medical center affiliated with Harvard Medical School in Boston, as well as community-based Brigham Faulkner Hospital. Uh, Reporting to the Department of Quality and Safety, her team focuses efforts on finding unique ways to impact clinical quality outcome measures, including severity of illness, risk of mortality, while improving the overall integrity of the medical record. Uh, a couple little bits of detail, her team recently expanded to include all payer review. Uh, she has more than 25 years of nursing experience and um, glad to have her on her first podcast. So welcome Deb. Brian,
1: Laurie. thank you very much for having me. I'm looking forward to it.
0: Absolutely. All right. As I usually do, I'm going to start with a poll question related to today's topic. Go ahead and get that launched. Okay. You all should be seeing that right now. The question reads, does your CDI department benchmark its efforts against U.S. News and World Report Best Hospital's performance? And your options are: yes, improving our standing in the U.S. News and World Report is a principal focus of what you do. Uh, is it somewhat of a focus? Perhaps you track it, but it's not, you know, principal to what you do. Uh, no, either you don't track it, or another department might use that. Don't know. Perhaps you're not familiar with it, and hopefully the show will get you a little more familiar with it. Or not applicable. Again, uh, does your CDI department benchmark its efforts against the U.S. News and World Report um, Best Hospitals report? Okay, I'm seeing about about 70% of our audience has voted. We'll give them just one more moment here before we close that out, and then we will come back to the results in just a few minutes. Okay. All right. Well, as I mentioned, uh, Deb Jones of Brigham and Women's is our special guest today. Deb, welcome to the show, and thanks again for being a part of today's podcast. Um, now, I thought before we get into today's topic, which is sort of how you guys are measuring quality there and how you're using the U.S. News and World Report, um, as I mentioned, you know, you're know, you right in my neck of the woods. You're about a, you know, Brigham and Women's is probably a 35 minute drive without traffic, which there isn't much these days um, right here in Boston. And and of course, one of the areas in the country that's been hardest hit by the COVID-19 vi- uh, virus, excuse me. So I um, was hoping you can maybe talk a little bit about how that's impacted your CDI department, as well as any information you can share about the situation in general at, uh, at Brigham and Women's for our audience today
1: uh sure and brian you're right there is absolutely no traffic in the area anymore um so uh yeah as you know you're local to the boston area massachusetts has been designated as a covid hotspot. Uh boston in particular has been heavily impacted by covid but thankfully not as much as some other areas like new york city for instance um, as predicted, the hospital is seeing an increase in COVID-related admissions on a daily basis. Um, we're currently experiencing the, you know, quote-unquote surge this uh, these, uh, week, week in particular. So we may see it pick up even more um, over the next week, but thankfully we're not looking at a worst-case scenario, which everyone had feared. Um, the hospital is, is very well prepared. We have, um, you know, luckily all the equipment, PPE staff um, that we uh, need currently to manage what they anticipate to be the uh, the, the total influx of patients. Um, Brigham and Women's have put together very early on an internal command center, which I'm sure You know, the majority of organizations did as well. Um, They've done a really phenomenal job in keeping everything running very smoothly. Uh Um, They've taken measures to eliminate unnecessary activity, like regular eliminating regular office visits and elective surgeries, so that the full concentration of effort is, you know, focused solely on caring for the COVID patients. Um, There have been employees that were redeployed to other areas, but at this point, CDI has not been tapped for redeployment. Uh, I think that would only happen if we did get to that worst-case scenario. Luckily, um, we don't anticipate that. So our CDI nurses had been working remotely prior to COVID um, three days a week. So, starting in the third week of March, the whole team, including myself, has been solely working remotely. Um, luckily, the team is very comfortable with working remotely, so that hasn't um, impacted the team too much. Um, you know, then our you know we're focusing a lot of our efforts towards COVID as well. So, um, everyone you know quickly familiarized themselves with the coding guidelines for COVID, which were changing. You know. Pretty quickly at the very beginning, um, until we all understand everything and understood everything. But our internal CBI education committee um, quickly turned around a tip sheet for providers. And um, you know, knowing how busy all of the providers are in the on the on the um, floors, our chief quality officer sent that communication to the providers, which was great because it let everyone know um, that. CDI was still open for business, um, and um, that although we're not going to, you know, be be pursuing them as heavily as normal, that they were still expected to respond to our queries and continue with their appropriate documentation. So having that come from um, senior administration, uh, what we feel was was very beneficial.
0: Yeah, that's great. You know, I um, I know I've I've heard anecdotally um, some CDI departments being impacted with furloughing or job loss. Um, even those that haven't had that, fortunately, have have really changed their query response expectations. But it sounds like you guys are close to business as usual as as can be expected in the circumstances. We're trying.
1: Yeah, as
0: I'm
1: sure everyone is. You know. It, yep. It's uh, everyone has been very flexible, and it's just amazing to see what um, how everyone responds in in crisis times. Right. Really proud of the team. Yeah, you should. You be. should
2: be. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you, Deb. It's um, it's I I I feel a little distant from the hospitals right now, so um, I I appreciate everything that they're doing. It's hard work. So I'm going to switch gears, um, move a little away from um, what's happening in the world today, but talk about um, how you're using U.S. News and World Report as your benchmark for performance in your CDI department. Um, So for those that aren't familiar with this report, why did you choose that to be the focus of your CDI review efforts? How did that come about?
1: Sure. And and, uh, to be clear, it is just one of our focuses. Um, But uh, so every year, U.S. News releases its honor roll that recognizes the 20 best hospitals in the country. Um, It's meant to be a guide for consumers, for patients, um, as they are choosing where to go for their complex care, right? Um, But it um, can also be, you know, utilized as a marketing tool. I know that the providers um, within the organization see it as a tool to recruit fellows and um, a, a, as well as as well as patients. And so um, it's a I would say it's a cultural um thing for for brigham we're very focused on on u.s news and very proud of our place on the honor roll and we're always looking to improve that um there are a lot of different publicly reported rating systems out there hospital compare leapfrog health grades um they all and they all own Places a high significance on patient outcomes, specifically survival, and that's where we feel that CDI fits well into that. Um, the the US news, I would so to speak, is is, is owned by our Department of Quality and Safety. Um, so since CDI falls under under Quality and Safety as well, it just makes an, it it's a very nice fit. Um, starting in 2019, US News started using the Elixhauser comorbidity index to risk adjust for mortality. For those not familiar with Elixhauser, because I wasn't and it took me weeks to even figure out how to pronounce it, <laughs> um, Elixhauser uses ICD 10 diagnosis codes to categorize comorbidities based on their association with the likelihood of death. So that's where CDI's role comes into play, because the accuracy of that score then becomes reliant on the accuracy of the diagnosis that are coded. Um, and uh, they're sometimes very different from our regular CCs and MCCs.
0: Right, right. And you know, that yeah. leads me to my question, that, uh, Deb, just you know, given this focus and, and, and given the Alex Hauser and some of the, maybe the different diagnoses that might impact the, your review rating, uh, your review score, and, and this US News and World Report, but might be a little bit outside of a, what we call a typical CDI review. Whether there actually is a typical CDI review, I don't know. But certainly it sounds like you, you, you might be looking at some diagnoses that you're clarifying that um, a typical CDI might not because they're just not weighted the same, so... Um, What does a a record review for you guys look like? Are there any things that you might focus on that are a little out of the ordinary?
1: Sure. And I wouldn't say that the review is necessarily any different, although I I think there probably is a a typical CDI review. I think, you know, for the most part, I'm sure that we all look at the chart fairly much the same way. Um, But I wouldn't say we're looking at the chart any differently. The CDSs are basically reviewing the chart in the traditional format, first and foremost, looking for any and all opportunity, right, to improve the uh, integrity of the record. Um, as likely with all other CDI programs, TDX, MCCs, CCs, um, all remain very important. And then in addition, the CDSs have become familiar with these 31 Elixhauser categories. Um, there are a multitude of ICD-10 diagnosis codes that fall into those categories, um, and they, you know, they keep kind of cheat sheets uh, for all of the diagnoses. But it, we're all becoming very familiar with the 31 categories, and then they're looking to capture those diagnosis diagnoses uh, appropriately as well. Um, and then they're also looking at uh, vision conditions and HCCs. And I should point out that the, there is a lot of crossover, right, with these diagnoses. A lot of, um, of the Vizian conditions and HCCs are also likely going to be, um, Elixhauser conditions as well, but sometimes they are unique, like with, you know, so with Vizian, it's all present on admission. That's not necessarily the case with Elixhauser. Uh, and there are some diagnoses that are, completely unique to Alex Hauser that we, you know, had never considered uh, querying for before. So, and a lot of times it's just, um, you know, clarifying something that maybe was written as a history of, um, a history of rheumatoid arthritis or something like that, that now has to be clarified as um, a current condition.
0: Right. I was wondering if you might have a specific example or two. You mentioned rheumatoid arthritis. Are there something, a couple of those?
1: Um, you know, so, um, of course, you know, like, uh, diabetes that we wouldn't query for, um, in a, uh, in a regular, a regular record wouldn't necessarily just have to be, have to be clarified. That might be something that we would be looking at, um, peptic ulcer disease, some other, um, you know, of course, they're not coming to me right off the top of my head at the moment. Um,
0: (laughs) yeah. (laughs) interesting and so someone asked how do you spell alex hauser i think it's e l i x h a u s e r if i'm correct good
2: job Brian. Yeah.
0: <laughs> very Did nice oh yeah <laughs>
2: but, uh... so um here's the big question for you Deb. what kind of progress have you made um with those ratings with us news and world report and how you know how can you value this see how do you attach value to the cdi efforts and that success opposed to improve patient care quality outcomes
1: yeah so great question um i'll start by saying uh in 2019 uh, we placed 13th on the list of um, best hospitals where in 2018 we had placed 20th so we're very proud of that that Mm -hmm. improvement in some ways it is really a moving target um u.s news uses three years of if that's right three years of rolling data and it's two to four years old so the data that u.s news is going to be looking at for the 2020 honor roll is going to be from fiscal year 2016 to 2018. um so it's pretty old so we really started focusing our efforts on, on this um, into 2017, so we're feeling like we're just about to see the fruits of our labor now. Um, so in terms of measuring <clears throat> progress of our CDI efforts, it's hard to know for sure. Um, having said that, we know that our work is effective because we are identifying diagnoses that would not have otherwise been accounted okay. for, and in addition, um, you know, we do see a lot of that crossover between Vizient and Elkhouser, and um, we are able to measure our improvement with um, with our Vizient mortality. And we're seeing the improvement there. So we're looking right. forward to the 2020 um, honor roll. We're hoping um, to, to see a, a little bit of a, a bump up again. Um, and, you know, we, we really can kind of, uh, or we do, I should say, take credit for that, um, any improvement in expected mortality. So, Great. You know, so that's our, that's our focus.
2: We're going to have to have you back so you can tell us how well you did.
0: I know. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) That's good stuff, Deb. I'll be here. (laughs) Just to kind of wrap this up, you know, um, for our listeners that might be interested in learning more about the U.S. News and World Report, getting started, um, I've had somebody already write to me during the show, if Deb could provide a link to those 31 is it categories under Alex Hauser. Um, is, is, so, is, there, is, there a place that you would direct them to for more information? Does, you know, does, is there a formula somewhere online or are you guys, um, or anything else you could, I
1: would help? go, yeah, I would go directly to the U S news website. Um, the, how they calculate their, um, their scores for best hospitals is proprietary, but they do. Um, so you're, you know, you're not going to get the actual methodology, but they do list um provide a lot of information and in addition i have um, some good articles that we utilized when we first started um uh looking at ellis hauser and i'd be happy to to share those with you brian as
0: well and and share them on the yeah anything you afterwards i'd love to put mm-hmm. i see if we have yeah
1: a- and i'm always happy to talk about it as well so Anybody wants to, uh, you know, hit me up first via email. I'm always happy to talk about it as well.
0: That's very generous. One of our listeners sent me a link to uh, looks like the the comorbidities and algorithms for Alex Hauser. So I'll I'll, I'll check that out to see what that is and and if, if we share the link in the show notes. So we we do record all of our programs and and um, anything that's related. We'll absolutely post on that page. Well, thank you, Deb. This was really interesting, and congratulations on your, uh, on your performance. I'm glad you guys are managing this crisis as best you can as well. Um,
1: let's, thank you, and thank you again for having me.
0: Yeah. Let's hop back to our poll results. Um, once again, we asked folks, uh, does your CDI department benchmark its efforts against U.S. News and World Report? So here are your answers, 18% say, yes, it's a principal focus of their CDI efforts. 13% describe it as uh, somewhat of a focus. 22% do not track or another department track. Uh, biggest bucket here is don't know, 41%. Yeah. And then 6% not applicable. So those are your results. You surprised at all, Deb, by the, the 41% or any of the other numbers that we're showing here?
1: Um. I'm surprised yeah, by the 41% that don't know, but I'm not surprised that only 18% are focusing their efforts. I don't think it's for everybody. Um, uh, we have a goal of, uh, you know, luckily we're in the position where we are on the top 20. And I think that those hospitals that are on the top 20 are in that 18% because they're looking to either improve or maintain their their Spot on the on the
0: list, right? And for those that don't know, I mean, uh, Boston is a very competitive hospital market. It's got great care, but the, you know, maintaining your standing, I imagine, is probably even more important in this environment here.
1: Um, Absolutely, so. yeah. You can yeah. throw a stone and and hit a hospital.
0: <laughs> I know, but hey, hey. When it and, comes when it comes to the you know, and
1: uh of course
0: here, it's been it's been amazing oh, to, have didn't mean to interrupt you oh no problem
1: yeah i was just going to say that um you know mass general is also in our in our partners hospital system um and they're they're just across town they were number two or three on the list this this past year so, um, and, and we do work very closely together with the CDI department at Nest General. So we're all, you know, focusing our efforts
0: together. That's great. All right. Well, I'm going to, at this point, switch to our In the News segment. So In the News is a regular segment featuring the latest news and industry updates relevant to the CDI profession. Today, I want to discuss, uh, excuse me, discuss a couple of news items related to Medicare Advantage. I'm pulling up an article here that was published um, in CDI Strategies, our newsletter, on April 9th. It um, basically summarizes that CMS is expecting a positive 1.66% increase in payment. Um, you can see down here it's sort of summarized as various different elements that go into the final rate, but it looks like about a net one66 increase in payment for Medicare Advantage patients in 2021. Um, which is some good news, uh, secondarily related to Medicare Advantage. Uh, there was an article published recently by Kaiser Health News called "Pandemic Delays Federal Probe into Medicare Advantage Health News uh, Medicare Advantage Health Plans." So maybe something a little less positive. Although um, not surprising that that you know some of these auditing and and lawsuits against uh, Medicare Advantage. Uh, providers are, are, are on hold right now. Uh, but really from that article, uh, federal health officials citing a need to focus on the COVID-19 pandemic have temporarily halted some efforts to recover hundreds of millions of dollars in overpayments or alleged overpayments uh, to Medicare Advantage health plans. Um in July twenty nineteen, Kaiser Health News reported that the government had overpaid Medicare Advantage plans by nearly thirty billion in the past three years alone. There's been a number of whistleblower lawsuits here um, against the likes of um industry giant Anthem most most recently with some of these uh claims. So um, you know, we, we know that Medicare Advantage, which is part C, is growing. I was reading somewhere recently where enrollment grew 10% in Medicare Advantage from November 2018 to November 2019. Mm -hmm. Um, It's very popular among seniors. I I also read that it's expected to enroll about 50% of total uh, Medicare enrollment by 2025. So rapidly growing, but that also leads to more scrutiny and auditing. Um, We're seeing that compliance and auditing becoming increasingly important here with the likes of this story from Kaiser Health News. So uh, a couple important items. I know CDI departments and programs are getting more and more involved with Medicare Advantage, um, which has become synonymous a little bit with outpatient CDI, looking at HCCs and the scores that can impact uh, those HCCs, um, which are offering outpatient encounters and inpatient, but but both. just curious, Deb, if you guys are involved in, do you have a Medicare Advantage significant contract or are are you, I, I think you mentioned HCCs during the, the program that you guys have expanded your reviews into that area.
1: We do um, on an inpatient, on the inpatient side, you know, okay. just look for HCCs. I think you may remember I attended the the symposium in November because um, our, we're looking to uh, grow to include our outpatient cdi in, this, right. in um and that all has kind of been halted since the beginning of of this uh covid crisis but all of this information will be taken into consideration as we're thinking about about starting our outpatient program um mm-hmm. you know with the, all of the news about medicare advantage right now so
0: right um yeah so I'll
1: uh, it's uh all well, very interesting and outpatient is growing so rapidly that um you know we're likely to see more of these types of of audits.
0: Yeah. keep us posted on the progress of your program if you do if you do get involved in it. Uh any thoughts here, Laurie, from your perspective?
2: Um I, I just like to warn people I've had a couple people, you know, send me messages saying, yay, you know, the People people aren't monitoring quality measures right now. You know, CMS has kind of given us a little vacation in quality reporting and and audits. And I just say to people, take a deep breath. This is your warning. They're not disappearing. They're right. taking a pause. This is a pause. So I would encourage hospitals just to continue um, their reviews related to quality and, and um, payment and um, clinical validation, et cetera, just like there was no pause because it's all going to return and probably return with a vengeance um, because healthcare is going to need to account for just about every dollar spent. So don't let your guard down would be my advice.
0: Yeah, the article does say they're reprioritizing to focus on problems that could pose of danger to patients, such as lack of access to health services, drugs, um, including COVID-19, of course, but that um, it's only temporary. So good statement. Exactly. Yep. All right. And let's wrap up here briefly with something a little more uplifting. Um, our Actus update, which is our regular feature bringing you the latest updates on what's going on inside of Actus. Today I wanted to ask our listeners a question, sort of how are you or are you staying sane while working from home? Um, you know, most of our, CBI professionals are working from home. We were just chatting about all this on the on the uh the podcast before we went live. Our our unique work at home arrangements, which include some some fur babies. Um <laughs> one of our editors, Linnea Archibald, published some helpful tips on working from home here on the Actus blog. Um, and it prompted a nice series of pretty awesome posts on our Actus Facebook page of how folks are working from home and and enjoying the company of their pets. I'm going to just pull that open here quickly. Uh, this is our if you haven't been to Facebook and liked our our page, Actus page. I recommend doing it. There's a lot of fun stuff being shared here. Um, these are from our members, just pictures of their home offices and and their and their new new companions. They've come a little closer to since the help break.
2: <laughs> you know, uh, the cats seem to be working harder than the dogs. I'm <laughs> <and> just noticing.
0: <laughs> yeah. It's There's
2: a hierarchy there right. <laughs> yeah.
0: Absolutely. And Deb, yours your work at home arrangements going okay. Have you had any uh animal encounters or other interesting uh, news to report?
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. My uh my dog likes to, hmm. to work side by side with me, but I I conveniently locked him out of the room so that he wouldn't start barking. As we can see deer out our backyard, um, believe it or not, and uh, <clears throat> when he sees them at the window, then oh, you know, just he just goes nuts. So um, <laughs> I wanted to be sure that that I could get through the call without
2: anyone right. hearing.
0: He would have been our fourth guest. That's okay. We've had we've had Laurie's dog <laughs> Romeo join us on the show from time to time. <laughs>
2: He, he has things well, he, has indeed, things what he
0: likes to this share. All right. Well, that is going to do it for today's uh, edition of the Actus podcast, Talking CDI. Uh, we are coming back in here in just one week um, for our next show, which is on April 29th, Provider Engagement in Epic Fashion. You can see what I did there. We're talking about how one organization has used Epic to help improve the way they engage providers. So hope you can join us for that show. I wanna thank 3M Health Information Systems again for their support. Um, as a reminder, you can listen to the show recordings anytime on the website, as well as through subscribing on your phone uh, via Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Google Play, or Spotify. We typically try to make these available the Friday following the show, sometimes earlier. Again, we'll provide links and um, some of the things that Deb was talking to on today's show in our show notes. As always, if you have any suggestions for future guests, ideas about the format of the show, please do send me an email at bmurphy at and I'll try to get those uh, on a future program. But thanks again, Deb. Keep fighting the good fight, and uh, appreciate you coming on. We'll see you uh, back here. Thank Harry. you so much, Brian and Lori. Absolutely. Thanks.
2: Stay safe, everybody.
0: Take care now.